minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday. Erev Shabbos, Erev Tu Bishvat. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
listen to me the egyptian well it's a mess life in the desert is better than anything you've got here you see we don't want to be here there's so much that we can take our people have been mistreated and that was a big mistake the world that you see around you soon it will be no more so now i have come to warn you we want to go out the door into the sea into the sea go through the sand and into the land of milk and honey in egypt they work us night and day so in their land we cannot stay we're letting you know our people must go now into the sea Joseph came on down to Egypt that is because he was sold he saved all Egyptian people because of dreams he foretold but now you forgot our people who saved you from famine's fate guess you just did not remember who put food right on your plate into the sea into the sea though you may beat us you cannot defeat us take it from me Our songs you threw into a brook Once past the sea we off the hook You take the sorrows We'll do it the horrors Into the sea Into the sea Life will be sweet here We will be free here from slavery Say no to pyramids today Let's go to the desert and let's pray We'll break your spirit You've got to fear it Into the sea The blood will be red The fish will be dead Let our people go For a certain skin 
is that song, Yoel Sharabi with the Erev Shabbat. What a great tune that is. Uh, Kol Noar Boys Choir with Az Yashir on this Erev Shabbat Shira. Avremo with Itcha Ani. You heard Into the Sea. <laughs> That's a good one. On this Erev Shabbat Shira from Schlockrock. Micha Mocha. Words from the Shira with Aryeh Kunstler. Aryeh Kunstler with Az Yashir on this Erev Shabbat Shira. And of course, Regesh and Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this February 10th, day 14 in the month of Shvat, the year 5777, Tavshinai and Zion. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach uh, with candle lighting time at 5.05 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.05, your official candle lighting time. It's Erev Tu B'Shvat, and that means today is our Tu B'Shvat special. Sandwiched in with a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be happening today on this Erev Shabbos Shira, including our... Um, including our weekly update, including Rabbi Yudin speaking about the Torah portion, and much, much more. Plus, right after JM and the AM, a brand new edition of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, who's set to release her book, Perfect for Pesach. The book written, the cookbook written by uh, Naomi Nachman is Perfect for Pesach. Anyway, her guest today starting at 9 a.m., Amichai Luria from the Shiloh Winery, Scott Feltman from the One Israel Fund, Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, Alicia Aryeh from the chocolate company Fruit on Chocolate. They are all going to be Naomi's guests coming up in the 9 o'clock hour this morning on uh, Table for Two. You'll be able to see it on, um, you'll be able to see it on NahumSiegel.com. And you're able to hear it, obviously, on all of our platforms. 22 degrees outside. It feels like 10 out there with 59% humidity. Winds are west at 11 miles an hour. Mostly sunny today with a high of 31. Then tonight, cloudy skies, a low 29. Um, is that true? 29 for tonight? Well, not bad. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. High shop is 45 degrees. Yerushalayim right now is at 57. We're at 22 with a wind chill of 10 and about 8 to 10 inches of snow on the ground in the New York area, so stay safe out there, be careful, some of the travel out there is rough and difficult, so be uh, extra cautious on this Erev Shabbos, both day, and both morning, I should say, and afternoon, be extra careful. Uh, mazel Tov going out to Ike Rosa Zada, the uh, big bar mitzvah celebration is this Shabbos in West Orange, New Jersey, to Lori and Joe. And the extended Rosazada and Friedman families, and of course to Zadie and Mama and everybody, Uncle Rabin, everybody out there. Uh, we wish them a very, very special Mazel Tov. Ike's Bar Mitzvah taking place uh, uh, this coming Shabbos, and very much looking forward to celebrating with them. Uh, such an amazing and incredible family. So Mazel Tov on this uh, Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Tu Bishvat, from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right, plenty coming up. Mayor Weingarten's going to join us. When he gets here, we'll officially kick off our Erev Tubishvat special. And we'll have so much to do between now and 9 a.m. I strongly suggest you not only keep it here at JM in the AM, but let everybody you know 
um, and let them all know that it's time for them to tune into JM the AM as well because it's such a chock full, incredible program this morning. They won't want to miss it. You don't want your friends and relatives to deprive themselves of this incredible radio experience. So tell them to uh, tune in ASAP. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
Eri Baruch Jade and Company off of the Awake album. Yaakov Shweki and Kamu. You heard on a done by Yitzchak Fuchs. JMM Friday. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach. Erev Tu B'Shvat. Erev Shabbos Shira. Candlelighting at 5.05 in the New York area. We're followed this morning by Naomi Nachman, whose guests will include Amichai Luria from the Shiloh Winery, Scott Feltman from the One Israel Fund, Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, and Alicia Aryeh from the chocolate company Fruit on Chocolate. All between 9 and 10, table for two, Naomi Nachman, author of the brand new book, Perfect for Pesach. Um, that is coming out soon. Uh, followed by the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, including the Kedem presentation of the Friday Live Lunch with Mark Zomik at 12 noon Eastern time. A very exciting day on our stream, on our network here. At the Nachum Siegel Network, make sure to just keep it here all day long until candlelighting. Simple as that, just keep it here all day long. 22 degrees, 10 is the wind chill, mostly sunny, a high 31. Uh, about 8 to 10 inches fell here in the New York area. Hope things are good wherever you are. We actually got some comments about the weather around the world. Uh, Mid-60s in Malaya Dumim, according to a listener, Yoni. Very icy in Teaneck and 18 degrees, according to listener, J.M., uh, one listener, Devorah, says, listening in Yad Binyamin while making my challenge, though with 75 degrees, we may not need it. Stay warm over there on the East Coast. Well, we're trying. We are certainly trying to stay warm. Um, Love Yerushalayim says, good morning, Erev Tu B'Shvat Sameach. Uh, and the Y brothers say, Tu B'Shvat Sameach from Israel. Thank you. Tu B'Shvat Sameach. Everybody will kick off our Tu B'Shvat special coming up here at JMVM with Mayor Weingarten, who's going to be joining us. Malcolm Holmline will have the weekly update, or Ayudin, of course, with the Torah portion of the week on this Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Shabbos Tu Bishvat. Lots going on on a Friday morning here at JM and the AM, that's for sure. Well, uh, we always try to toss in at least one Elan song, Elan means tree, and for our Tu Bishvat special. Here's one for you at JM in the AM.
Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. I thank you all for tuning in. News from Israel is next. It is Erev Tubishvat. Mayor Weingarten is here. Our Tubishvat special is set to begin in earnest. Plus, of course, all of our regular Friday features, weekly update. Rabbi Yudin and plenty more. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMM. Nay, Imashikore Shav. Hashad Lenison Pigua Samuch Le Hevron, Kataveno in Baltamir. Khalim Shayubemdat Biduk Betsometak Vasim, Shabezora Hevron, Divhuki Rech Palestini Nisali Drosotam, Ishlon Ifgav, Arechim Shik bin Sial, Hivuna Arayata, Tsal Budkimit Nesibotero. משטרת צרפת עצרה ארבעה חשודים בהשתייכות לתא טרור שתכנן פיגועים נגד אתרי תיירות, כתבתנו קרן בן מרדכי. ארבעה נעצרו במונפליה ובסביבתה בחשד שתכננו לבצע פיגוע טרור באתר תיירות, כך על פי גורמים במשטרה ובמערכת המשפט בצרפת. בין העצורים גבר בן 22 וחברתו בת ה-16 המוכרים לרשויות וידועים בקשריהם לאסלאם הקיצוני. בבית החשוד נמצאו חומרי נפץ וחומרים נוספים להכנת פצצות. שני החשודים הנוספים, ככל הנראה, בני 26 ו-33. נשיא סוריה בשאר אסד מטיל ספק בדוח ארגון אמנסטי שקבע כי אנשיו הוציאו להורג אלפי אסירים. ברעיון לאתר החדשות יהוא, אמר אסד, הדוח שלהם מבוסס על רעיונות. כשאתה מתבסס על רעיונות, אתה יכול לש... לשלם למי שאתה רוצה. אסד תקף את זכותה של ארה״ב לדבר על זכויות אדם. Without any 
ארצות הברית אינה רשאית לדבר על זכויות אדם, מאז וייטנאם הם הרגו מיליונים, גם בעיראק הם הרגו מיליון וחצי, ללא כל רשות ממועצת הביטחון, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. רוסיה אומרת כי אין לה חילוקי דעות מהותיים עם וושינגטון לגבי הסכם הגרעין עם איראן. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. נציגי וושינגטון ומוסקבה צפויים לדון בהסכם הגרעין של המעצמות עם איראן, כך צוטט שגריר רוסיה בארצות הברית, שהדגיש כי חילוקי הדעות בעניין בין שתי המדינות אינם מהותיים. כמו כן אמר השגריר כי רוסיה תבקש מארצות הברית להשיב לה מתקנים ששימשו דיפלומטים רוסיים, אשר נסגרו בהוראת הנשיא אובמה, בתגובה לדוח גופי המודיעין על התערבות רוסית בבחירות לנשיאות. רוכב אופנוע נפצע באורח בינוני בתאונת דרכים בכביש 3866 מזרחית לבית שמש. כתבנו אריאל זיגלר מוסר כי צוות מד"א פינה את הרוכב לבית החולים הדסה עם כרם בירושלים. נסיבות התאונה נבדקות. והתחזית מחר במהלך היום יחל לרדת בצפון ובמרכז גשם מקומי שיתחזק בערב. ביום ראשון קר וגשור מצפון הארץ ועד לצפון הנגב. אלה החדשות שעורך עמרי רחמימוב בצוות הדר איזק ויואב כהן. Friday morning, that's our news from Israel, of course. Mayor Weingarten is here in our studio. You know why? Because tonight begins Tu Bishvat. Hard to tell in the New York area, frankly, because we have 8 to 10 inches of snow on the ground, and it's pretty cold. But Tu Bishvat to us signals the beginning of spring, and certainly a much, much different way to celebrate in Israel than we do outside of Israel in the diaspora. Mayor Weingarten. Chag Erev Tu Bishvat Sameach. I'm actually creating a new holiday. Yeah, very yeah. good. Erev, Erev Tu Bishvat. Erev tu bishvat. <laughs> I hear there's a mitzvah that if you eat boxer on Erev Tu Bishvat, you get, you get schar on Tu Bishvat as if you ate on I really hope that wasn't a boxer joke, because you know I take my boxer very seriously. I know. I tried to find some under the snow down here. <laughs> Impossible. Okay, I thought in the old days in Poland, that's how they found the boxer. They went digging through the yeah. snow. <laughs> Didn't work that way. That's right. Anyway, um, here we are. It is Erev Tu Bishvat. It's also Erev Shabbat Shira. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, Shabbat Shira. A lot of... Uh, Longest Haftorah. That's right. In, the, it, in but, the Ashkenazi community. Yes, but a beautiful, beautiful Haftorah. Shirat Torah. Yes. And um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, young ladies that were born around this time of the year are named Shira, right? Or Ilana. Or Ilana. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or variations thereof. Right. Or Micha Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe boys are named Micha. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> How'd you get your name? Well, my parents were confused. They thought yeah. Micha Mocha was one word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So here we are, and uh, it is a um, a tradition that we have a Tu B'Shvat special this year. It's Shabbos, which is not uncommon that Shabbos year no. is Tu B'Shvat. Uh, so we're doing it on... Not er- common, not uncommon. Right, so we're doing it on Erev Tu B'Shvat. So we're going to get your insights and talk a little bit about this amazing holiday and try to do everything else that we do on a Friday morning here at JM in the AM. And uh, at the same time, I want to wish a mazel tov to Aiki Rozazada. His bar mitzvah is on Shabbos Shira Tu B'Shvat. Wow. How cool is that? Now, he's got a lot of, got a lot stuff, of stuff on his do. plate. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, will he have some dried fruit on his plate? Maybe. <laughs> or maybe fresh fruit. Will he have fresh fruit on his plate? I do know something about the plan for tomorrow at the bar mitzvah. I no, personally know, know nothing sure. about the You sounded tomorrow. very confident that, that, you, that you had an insight into the no, menu. Well, no, no, and I said... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It is so great to be it back. It is wonderful to have you here. All right, two bishvat. Let's get started, everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My God. It's like you've waited a whole year for this holiday. I have. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
Lenny Solomon gets us started on our Tubishvat special. Mayor Weingarten yeah. and plenty more coming up at JM and the AM.
JM and the AM, Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock getting us started. Tu B'Shvat actually tonight and tomorrow. Today's the 14th of Shvat, but it's Erev Tu B'Shvat special time here at JM and the AM. Mayor Weingarten is here. It's an annual tradition. I don't know how long ago we started, but boy, we started a long, long time ago. And sure I, think, enough, I think we started even before there was Tu B'Shvat. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was that would be like, a long time ago. <laughs> um, and here we are to give a little insight. Uh, for mayor to instruct me what to do with this uh, with this shovel and pail. Oh, I can tell you what to do with the shovel. That's not just look out the window. I know, but that's not in the spirit of Tubishvat. That oh. would be snow shoveling. Oh, so that's not in the spirit of Tubishvat. Aren't we supposed to take our shovels and pails today and plant some trees oh. and dig some dirt oh. and and think about the earth and yes. its connection to Judaism? And the not our earth, the earth in the land of Israel. Correct. Yes. And it's fifty seven sure. degrees in Yerushalayim, probably warmer in other areas of Israel, so mm-hmm. they probably could have a nice yeah. outdoor day I, for Tubishvat. Yeah. Or they'll do it, you know indoors. <laughs> Sunday. But yes, this is the day that we connect with the land of Israel. Obviously it wasn't initially that way. As we know from the uh, Mishnah, the source for Tubishvat, it was a just a very administrative day. It was like, you know, the school year starts on this day and the tax year starts on this day right. in order for us to be able to know when to count certain things and uh, having to do with Trumona, Masrot, Orla, and so forth. And so this was the demarcation day. But as we spent more and more time away from the land of Israel in the diaspora, the uh, people of Israel, especially starting with the Kabbalists, decided that this would be a good day to connect to the land of Israel because there, in its essence it has a connection to the land of Israel to planting and, and, and giving true mode of and giving other tar, um, types of uh, ties to, um, to God thanking God for the land of Israel thanking God for the fruit thanking God for all that he gives us that's the essence by the way of all the true mode of and so forth Bikurim we thank God, and we understand, and we say it every day in benching, right? We have a bracha, thanking God for the land of Israel. Right. It's hard. Sometimes people don't really realize that. And that's what this day has become to symbolize our kesher with the land of Israel. And that's what happened. Now, it's morphed into that, and then it morphed on. Now it's morphed, you know, some people have taken it to, to totally different worlds. Right, different directions. Different directions, yeah. Um, but it morphed into that and became a, a day where people really connected to the land of Israel. And then it, it's, it's about a hundred years or so that this tree planting thing, it really began with the Zionists. Right. Yeah. To actually um, demonstrate, in a demonstrative fashion, right. demonstrate our love for and our desire to see the growth of Israel. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the Geula, we always talk about... Um, the Gula, it is told to us by the prophets, will come through the blossoming of the land and the agriculture. Right. I mean, we, we read that in the Torah. In addition to the prophets, yes, there are allusions to Yes, it's also in the, in the Torah. Torah. Yes, correct, correct. Right. Um, should we get into that now? Uh, we will in a second. Okay. It's Tu Bishvat, or actually it's Erev Tu Bishvat, and you're listening to our Erev Tu Bishvat special at JM in the AM. <laughs> Shemishvazora, <laughs> 
without the Tubishvat Higia selection. Yes. Um, schools, uh, um, principals and teachers, uh, school administrators, I would assume they are spending today focused on Tubishvat, like we are, you know, in right. advance of Shabbat. Sure. Uh, those who have school today. We're the trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if everybody out there, I don't it, know, it depends where you are, I guess, in terms of whether there is right. school or not, because of the weather. No, uh, the public schools are open. Right. New York and hence, public schools are open. many, many... Right. Parochial schools end up correct, but there are other, but there are areas that right. you know you know will be closed for whatever reason because they're in rougher areas. But anyway, um, so today would be the day that hopefully they are focused. And if a principal or teacher has now discovered because they're listening to us here at JM and the AM has now discovered they have not prepared for Tubishva, that they have not even realized I, that I don't think that could possibly be true. You think so? Perhaps, I, I don't. I don't even know where not, you got the notion they from. They may not have realized that it's Shabbat. That it's you know that it's okay. that they're going to miss it on Go the ahead. weekday calendar. So here's their chance. They can listen in right now for the next <laughs> few minutes and at right. least have something to say right. to transmit to teach to the children today okay. on this era of Tubishvat. What do you have for us there, Mayor Weingarten? So we we've spoken about the concept of the fact that the land of Israel finally blossomed only when the Jewish people started returning to it, and right. and. And now this is something, though, that goes back to the Gemara. And, that, and, and even in the Nevi'im, there's a pasuk in uh, Yechezkel, which we've quoted before, Vatem Harei Yisrael. It, it, the whole parak in Yechezkel there is discussing how the land is desolate and the land is going to be one big mess. And the, the, there will be no growth. There will be no agriculture. There will be no blossoming. Nothing. And then God says through Yechezkel, Tell the mountains of Israel that they should start producing fruit because my people are coming. Now, just thinking of that is right. Right. Now, for thousands of years, when people read that, and and we'll uh, we'll discuss this Gemara in a second. They, they didn't understand exactly what it meant. But now we see that happened already. That's a prophecy. Uh, recently I posted something about, you know, if you want to see what prophecies coming true looks like, just take a look at Yerushalayim and a beautiful video of Yerushalayim from above, from a drone, actually. Gorgeous. So if you want to see what it means to have a prophecy fulfilled, just look at how Israel, it was like an explosion of agriculture. Everything just... It was desolate. It was nothing. We know from people who were eyewitnesses who were there in the 1800s, the early 1800s, the place was nothing. There was desolate. You could go for days and not see anything. So you know that there's a halacha that says you can if when you daven, when, right. when we pray in the Shmona Esrei, the 19 brachot, you may not mix up the order of the brachot. Hmm. And, you might think, like, why? Right, like, why what's not? the big deal? Why can't I say refainu after I say barich aleinu teshenazah? So the Gemara says, the Gemara Megillah says, Umara ulomar kibbutz galuyot l'achar berkat hashanim. There's one example. There's other, you know, right. it goes through them all. 
Every day, three times a day, when we say Shemun Eisri, we're actually, we're, we're get, reinforcing this concept that first there's Berkat Hashanim, and then there is Kibbutz Galuyot, and it's connected. Now, what's interesting is the Gemara then goes through what happens after that, mm-hmm. after the Harim of, of Israel. So, V'chevan Shnit Kabtsu Galuyot, Nasa Din Barishayim, and it brings a Pasuk. Right, that, that that the wicked will will suffer, will have justice done to them. Um, and and uh, you call out all the other bad people. Now there's no more bad people. Then the good people become more popular and 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 of of more force. And then it says that once. The tzaddikim grow and so forth. Where do the tzaddikim become great? Once Yerushalayim is built, listen to the order that all this is happening. Ba David, the Mashiach comes. Shneemar, Achari Shubnei, and so forth, quoting Pasuk and Hosea. And then Yishayahu v'haviyotim elhar kotshiv v'simachtim v'tefilati v'kevan shebaat tefila. I'm sorry. V'kevan shebaat David. Mashiach comes baatat tefila, the place of prayer. V'kevan shebaat tefila baat avodah. Then we have a Beit Hamikdash and we return to the avodah that takes place. The traditional service. Right. <clears throat> so that's an interesting insight also into right. how Chazal saw this process, that the, the fruit, and it all starts from the agriculture. And what's, what I find interesting is Israel was known for its agriculture. Now the reports are that the agriculture in Israel is like dying. Why? Because the high tech is taking over and the industry and all the, the, high, the agriculture did its job. It was the, 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 the harbinger of the Geula. It proclaimed the people of Israel are coming back. God is bringing us back home. And now there's no more places. It, it, there's no reason for it anymore because it, it, it's much cheaper, obviously, for Israel to get things from wherever it is and, and to go into the high tech and other industries and be a leader in those industries. Now that becomes what was agriculture, which was the leader of of all industries, obviously, when the Jews originally came to Israel. Right. We're, yeah. now, we're now in the next stage. That's right. Unbelievable. And, and, and I hope that everybody opens their eyes to this. What you, what you just said over the last couple of minutes is a revelation to many people. Yeah. They don't, you, know, you and I have had the opportunity to discuss these types of things both on and off the air, but a lot of people just don't understand and realize that this is a vision of our tradition that goes way back and that has been fulfilled till this point. And I'll just say it again. Gemara and Megillah, Daf Yud Zayin Amud Bet, toward the bottom, continues into Yud Chet. And that's it. That's where people that's, will find that's it. That's where you can go find it. If you don't understand the Aramaic, there's a lot of English, Hebrew. Uh, oh, there are there options out there? Very many. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, use today as an opportunity not only to educate these students and children, but to educate ourselves as well about the beauty and the incredible history and the incredible era we're in now when it comes to the land of Israel. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, and of course, Erev Tu Bishvat at JM in the AM.
In the AM, and before we move on with another great Israel selection, Mayor Weingarten claims that he has a special presentation which must be made now. We're no further delays on this presentation, right? Well, I, I didn't say that. I just said it's trying to be dramatic here. Okay. Well, this must happen. Now. It must happen now. I'm going to share with you what is left of the famous Mrs. Kapolovich's Tubishvat. Now, Mrs. Kapolovich is aware of the fact that Tubishvat's not till tomorrow, but she, like we, is well is observing it today, uh, but, but even smarter than that. Yeah, go ahead. She knew it was going to snow. This huge snow. And she may not be able to make it, so she brought it already the day before. Unbelievable! Every year for countless. Years. She never misses, does she? No, she never misses. I thank her, and I hope she's tuned in, and I hope she's. I'm going to please. Amen. Mm. Um, delicious, huh? Mm-hmm. How many uh, how many fruits do you think are in there? What's your oh, est- what's your estimation? She packed them. She packed them with fruit. Looks like there's figs and dates and wow. nuts. And, I'll tell you. Thank you, Mrs. Kapalovich, and you should uh, continue with in great spirit to make the official Tubishvat fruit cake for Amen. many many years to Amen. come. Amen. Amen is right. Uh, more coming up. Keep it here on an era of Tubishvat at JM in the AM.
mothers of our children so they need not fear in Israel morning jam in the a.m. I don't sound like spring is on the way. Uh, I sound like uh, there's 8 to 10 inches of snow on the ground. Well, uh, spring isn't really on the way. I know, but too bishvat. Come on. It's not really the beginning of it's spring. It's like pitchers and catchers. It's the beginning of spring. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Too bishvat to me signals the warm weather is right around the corner. Okay. It's not really so, but it's okay. You're allowed to you know, believe that. Oh, I'm going to Even if you tell me I'm nuts, I'm going to still believe it. Uh, okay. Because I believe that the uh, the weather's about to change. Spring and summer will be here. Oh, in the air. It's in the air. Correct. That's yes. my whole point. Yes. Glad I won you over on this issue. There's pitchers and catchers. Exactly. Right out there, I see them. <laughs> They're catching <laughs> right snowballs. The snow. yeah. <laughs> They're catching snowballs out there. Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach. It's Erev Tu B'Shvat. Our, <coughs> our Erev Tu B'Shvat special is on. It's also Erev Shabbos Shira. The beautiful Shabbos Shira. Uh, candle lighting at 5.05 in this area, 5.05 candle lighting time in the New York area. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Naomi Nachman, the author of the brand new book, Perfect for Pesach, uh, which will be out in the next few days. She'll have um, on table for two, Ami Luria from the Shiloh Winery. This is actually a really good Tubishvat uh, program that yeah. uh, Naomi has. Shiloh Winery. The Shiloh Winery, Scott Feltman from the One Israel Fund. Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, and Alicia Aryeh from a chocolate company called Fruit on Chocolate. They're all going to be on between 9 and 10. You'll be able to see it at NahumSiegel.com and hear it, of course, all through all of our platforms. Uh, Mark Zomik will host the live lunch. 
presented by Kedem at 12 noon. Of course, Mark Zamagai is amazing. He is amazing, isn't he? Beyond what I can possibly say. And the Arab Shabbos music mix will be uh, presented by Kedem all through the day on the Nachum Siegel Network. Plus, of course, our weekend programming with Saturday Night Siegel tomorrow night with our Rummy with Matis Sunday morning on JM Sunday. It just continues and continues uh, day and night amazing programming, and we are very proud of it. Erev Tubishvat here at JM in the AM. We will get to the weekly update. Fittingly enough, Mr. Honline is in Israel. Oh, that Fittingly is amazing. Enough. So he'll celebrate Tubishvat in Aretz. What do you think of that, Mr. Weingarten? That is fantabulous. And uh, special hello. More people should go with him. And a, that's true. And a special <laughs> And a special hello and Chag Sameach on this era of Tu Bishvat to Gverit Weingarten, uh, who is out there. And, my mother. Yes, that's your mother, and and uh, and uh, she would never miss a Tu Bishvat special or an Erev Tu Bishvat special. Suppose that. Correct. One of those dedicated folks out there. Yes. Uh, I want to see if that works. If that works, I want to play some music uh, that you've brought us. Uh, I think it does. You got work. it. Okay. So right. I'll put it back to. Raise your volume a drop, and we'll uh, do. I can't a- raise it anymore. Oh, you certainly can. Have confidence, Bear. <laughs> you can yeah. do it. <laughs> I mean, there's a way to do it, but I'm, no, I'm kidding around. No, I know, but it might miss. Yeah, no problem. So Whatever you get them. Not do that. Mayor Weingarten has a, a song that uh, is fitting for Tubishvat because the words are Eretz Shivat Taminim. There you go. There you go. Happy Tubishvat. Land of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just want to translate that. Land of the seven species. The seven different varieties. Agricultural. Varieties that are specially blessed in Israel, or Israel specially blessed with. So there you go. The land of the seven minim here at JM in the AM. Ha ha ha. 
comes from Aish, our um, our Arab Tubishvat consultant, uh, Mr. Mayor Weingarten, claims that Elon is appropriate for Tubishvat. Elon, mm-hmm. after all, oh, of course, means tree. Yeah, and that whole song is a very appropriate song for yes. Tubishvat. It's a medrash. It also appears in the Gemara. Do you want to expand on that now? Or? No, no. You have what to do now. Oh, we have to, we have to start the weekly update. and yeah, We ahead. have so much to do here. Move, it's crazy. Move along, move along. You know, this show is just action-packed on a regular basis. Oh, wait. This whole network. And ever since this I, show, this network The network is, is action-packed. Packed. Oh, and by the way, let me, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Let me give you kudos. Thank you. One of the most popular shows on our network is called The Israel Show. Oh, who does that? Mayor Weingarten. <laughs> And I want that with the V next time. No more of you introducing yourself with the W. Weingarten. May have Weingarten. It's going to be very difficult. Every single Monday at 9 a.m. And one of the issues that no doubt will likely come up today in the weekly update is going to be your focus on Monday. We'll, yes. we'll talk about it after, yes. after Rabbi Yudin this morning. We won't give it away yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it coming up. So you're always on top of the news. You're always playing the brand new music for everybody. People love the music lot, from Israel. Lots of great brand new music. People so love much. the brand new music. Uh, it's clear that when it comes to an Israel show, the Israel show is the place to go. Without a doubt. Thank so you so much for that you. plug. It's on, yes. by the way, on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's on the Nachum Siegel Network. And Immediately following JM and the AM every Monday, and it's live. Correct. 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time. Correct. And you deserve that plug, not only for the great job you're doing on the Israel show, but for coming in so early to join us oh, on this two Thank you. Let work. me just plug the, we have a great Facebook page, too. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. The Israel Show, yes. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's uh, Naomi Nachman, author of the brand new book, Perfect for Pesach. Uh, She'll speak on the table for two with Amichai Luria from the Shiloh Winery, Scott Feltman from the One Israel Fund, Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, and Alicia Aryeh from the chocolate company Fruit on Chocolate. It's all coming up between 9 and 10 this morning. You can see it at NachumSiegel.com, and of course you can hear it on all of our platforms. Uh, We are going to continue with a little bit of music so we can... uh, Track down Mr. Malcolm Holmline. The jet setter is uh, in the Middle East. He is in Israel. And we will um, track him down, get him on the air, and start analyzing the news of the day and of the week on this era of Tubishvat right here at JM in the AM.
this Arab Shabbos Shira, on this Arab Shabbos Tubishvat, that is Shalshelis Jr. with that beautiful Vishamru here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Arab Shabbos. Speaking of Tubishvat, Malcolm Honline is in Israel. He's lucky enough to be observing Tubishvat and Arab Tubishvat in the Holy Land. We'll speak with him in just a minute. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend us, the Nachum Single Network, to all of their hundreds of thousands of readers for their musical and uh, talk accompaniment all day long. Uh, if you want a million articles about Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos, well, that may take a while to print out a million of them, but you know what I mean. Uh, you want to uh, head to JewishWorldReview.com and uh, check that out. Also, a big thank you to OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com uh, uh, declared a policy about a year ago that they are going to expand from Simchas and report a lot of news, including a lot of good news from around the Jewish world. And a lot of our amazing content, I am proud to say, has been part of their news feed. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to OnlySimchas.com for information. OnlySimchas.com. For all the information, Friday broadcast, Erev Shabbos Shira, candle lighting at 5.05 in this area. Again, 5.05, official candle lighting time. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update. Today, Mr. Honline is in the holy city of Jerusalem. Uh, Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. And you with your shovels and me looking at the beautiful, sunny skyline of the old city of Yerushalayim. I don't know any reason why people shouldn't be here. Mm. And and many people are coming. You know, there's going to be massive celebrations for Jerusalem 50 and the World Mizrahi Movement has undertaken one that I know you have been uh, involved with. And it's going to be, uh, I've spoken to ministers about some of the plans for that week. And they're looking to this year being a very good year. Tourism from, by the way, all over the world. The, the number of Indians, Asians, Koreans, Japanese, especially business people coming here. And uh, and um, overall, a good time when people will be able to celebrate by coming uh, during that week. And the program, I understand, they'll have a 1,000 people from around the world, plus many from Israel joining. Uh, there will be celebrations in the Old City, around the Old City, many opportunities to celebrate Jerusalem. Are you and I going to have a chance to do any of those projects together that week, Malcolm? Are we going to have an opportunity to team up and, and represent Diaspora Jury together, you and I? Oh, absolutely. I think there will be a number of opportunities that I've heard. I've received already uh, quite a few invitations to different major events from that ministers uh, informed me about when I met them this week. And, of course, uh, the Mizrahi program, which I'll be participating in, and I, I know you will, and uh, Chief Rabbi Sachs and many officials from here will be uh, joining I think the, we, we can look forward to many opportunities to do things together to show the world what United Jerusalem really means and why we have to put its joy above all others. 100%. And uh, kudos to Mizrahi because I said to someone this week, I was meeting with a community leader, and frankly, they got out there on the 50th before anybody else. And, and kudos to them for that because they were really the first to declare that the uh, Jubilee year has to be a massive celebration. And please, God, even more then the thousand you mentioned will be coming from the diaspora to celebrate. And by the way, on the subject of shovels, yeah, we have the snow shovels here. You have the dirt shovels there on this Erev Tubishvat, a unique situation where you get to celebrate Tubishvat in the Holy Land. And I do hope, as you just indicated, that more and more people put these trips to Israel on their calendar. If it can't be Yom Yerushalayim anytime, because uh, as you just said, 
Uh, once you're there, you can't imagine not being there. That's how amazing Israel is. Uh, all right, you know, you're in Jerusalem, which is always unique for us and, and, and more of a, a weekly update experience because uh, uh, normally um, uh, you've uh, you come out of meetings uh, with, uh, with uh, public officials in Israel, uh, those who are certainly in the know. And you know what's on everybody's mind this week, and that is the upcoming summit between uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the President of the United States, uh, Donald Trump. Is there anything you could tell us in advance of this meeting, um, whether it's agenda, uh, uh, attitude that you may have picked up, you know, the type of atmosphere that we might see on Wednesday in Washington that you may have picked up from either the White House representatives or the Prime Minister's representatives to give us a little bit of a preview of this week's meeting? Well, I don't think anybody really knows what fully to expect. There is a great deal of significance, as you indicate, uh, being placed on this meeting uh, because it is the first, obviously, and because it will help set the tone for the future relationship. So the purpose this time, I think, first is the chemistry between the people, establishing the means of communication, understanding the direction that each is going in. Remember, the administration here is, you know, just in its first few weeks, only eight of the... 20-plus members of the cabinet have been uh, approved and in place. Uh, that's every day more being added, but key decision-makers haven't been put in place yet. So this is really, uh, number one, a personal a meeting between on a personal level and developing the chemistry between the president and the prime minister. Every reason to expect it will be good, although he did come out today on the settlement saying it's not the growth of settlement is not helpful to peace. And inevitably there will be differences, but overwhelmingly the issues of Iran, what's going on in Syria, the rise of Islamic fundamentalism, the terror threats, these things are all issues that the U.S. and Israel have in common, and we have every reason to believe that they will be able to uh, look at these issues, uh, discuss these issues. Uh, you know, the White House is now considering making Iran Revolutionary Guard a terrorist, designating it a terrorist organization right. uh, with uh, all the implications that that has, the, the new sanctions on Iran, uh, and, the, and the toughness of the administration so far in dealing, and at least with the verbal declarations. Uh, Iran supposedly pulled a missile off a launch pad right. uh, that apparently was ready to be to be sent up a, a Safir uh, missile. Uh, though I saw another report that indicated that since the deal was signed, Iran has launched 15 missiles, all of which are violations of the of the Security Council resolutions, if not the spirit or letter of the uh, agreements. We, so we spoke about what. Yeah, I'm Tough sorry. Agenda. Yeah, we spoke about one of them. I think we spoke about one of them two weeks ago, right? The ballistic missile test. That we was, did. Right. And right. Exactly. And that was the first one since the election. Right. Now we understand there may have been more. We know that on one of them it said death to Israel or the road to Israel's destruction. Uh, but yes, we did discuss it. But now we're finding out much more about the facts uh, of, that there may have been uh, more. And the, the missile that, that was taken off the launch pad... Uh, was used to put a satellite into space in the past. So this is not, you know, some sort of a, a mortar fire or, or local rocket. This right. is a, a very serious one. Let's, let's so Iran clearly has to be at the top of the uh, agenda. And, you know, they announced that they can hit Tel Aviv in seven minutes. Right. They also said that they have 36 American bases in range of their missiles. And if the U.S. does something stupid, we'll wipe out the American Fifth Fleet, which is based in uh, Bahrain. So the United States has a lot to be concerned about, and U.S. and Israel really are the leaders in this issue 
and have to come up with some common policies and approaches. All right, uh, uh, let's go back for a second. The t- <coughs> excuse me, the timing of the visit. The timing of the visit. It, it, any big deal that originally they were talking about mid-March and now it's happening you know, weeks earlier? Or is it simply just a convenience issue or a scheduling issue? I think that the March date was because it coincided with the APAC conference, or mm. which the Prime Minister often attends. Right. Um, I think that that was just, uh, and, and because he is going to Australia three days later after his American trip, and as you know, was in England uh, at the beginning of this week. So I think it was because of the schedule. It was it was not because there's some particular urgency that that drove it. One of the things, the messages that you want to send, that every leader wants to send, is that they're amongst the first to be seen by the president. Right. And the fact that uh, you know the uh, the King of Jordan was in. Uh, Washington last week, but he did not have a private meeting with the president, they, although I heard that they did meet on the sidelines of another event. So this sends a, you know important message that he's given priority, that Israel is given priority. And you mentioned earlier about the Revolutionary, about the Revolutionary Guard. I mean, I think it's the same thing with the Muslim Brotherhood. What is the hesitation? Why? What, what, what is it that's so, uh, that, that needs so much consideration when trying to classify a group as a terrorist organization? Well, the purpose is to dissuade foreign investment in Iran's economy because the Iran Revolutionary Guard, as you know, controls a very big uh, percentage, especially in transportation oil, and the, the uh, and it is a message. But you have to put in place, you know, the regulations and the, um, you know, the, they've blacklisted dozens of entities. They did twenty five just uh, a week or so ago. And uh, so this is a decision that has to be made. But again, you know, the Treasury Department has to be uh, uh, ready to enforce it. And so you have to put everything in place. I think that's the only hesitancy that I see. I hear that. And when, uh, and when the president or Washington or the White House uh, comes out with a statement that you just mentioned in terms of, you know, settlements being, let's just call it an obstacle to peace or whatever, you know, exactly the quote was, is, is it possible that that's pressure from others from the State Department or others in Washington who feel that for American policy it's important that he put that statement out there, or as we are learning more and more about this president, he acts you know so independently that if he makes a statement like that, it's it's really coming from him. So first of all, we have seen the return to the Bush language that uh, of of the past and in, of the letter in two thousand and four and. The, the, which is very important because, as you know, during the Obama years, they sort of uh, neglected it or rejected it, um, but which essentially said that construction within the boundaries of existing settlements was acceptable. So now, and we've seen a reversion to that type of language, and what the president said today, that it wasn't helpful. He did not say illegal. He didn't say violation of international law. Right. Um, and I think that this is a topic, but it could be a message to others in the region, and it could be that he really wants to make the deal, and he has said it, and I think people should take that seriously. And if he says this is unhelpful to the deal that he's trying to make, so I think Prime Minister has to hear those words uh, and others here as well to understand that, you know, there's no blank checks ever in international diplomacy and right. and. and best of relations, it's an issue we'll clarify, maybe, you know, so he understands exactly what the law implies, but uh, the language is moderate compared to what we have heard in, in recent years. 
I think I should should not be dismissed. I think for those of us who fear peace negotiations, or at least in the format that we've seen over the last couple of decades, I, I think we have a lot to worry about. I think we have a lot to worry about. You know, a lot of people have put their faith, frankly, in President Trump that he would not go down an identical road as prior presidents, and it's possible after this summit with Prime Minister Netanyahu that we will learn otherwise. Look, I think every president has tried and wanted to make peace in the Middle East as a goal, set it as a priority goal. I think that every one of them has their own way of going about it. If you look at the members of the cabinet, many of them are very pro-Israel and very supportive, certainly Vice President Pence and um, uh, Mr. Pompeo and, and others, the gen- some of the generals. They've all had experience with Israel. They're considered pro-Israel. And certainly Jared, others around him and Jews around him will, will testify that he is very sympathetic to Israel, and he starts off on that basis. So I, I, on the one hand, I don't think you should read too much into things. On the other hand, at this early stage, and on the other hand, not to be dismissive. You know, people think that automatically this is going to be, you know, it's in our pocket and that Israel can, you saw the statements that we should wait till January 20th and we could do what we want. Well, that's not true, and it's not smart to say it, and certainly not smart to act on that basis. Yep. And that's true on all issues that you, that you can do things, but you got to do them smart. 100% that we get. Uh, and finally, just on the <coughs> in terms of what we did in our opening, the, the bravado that you are describing that Iran now has, you know, um, seven minutes from Israel, uh, the American bases, you know, in their uh, crosshairs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, is, is this surprising um, uh, at this stage? Is it a fear or or a uh, um, uh, a um, a counter move against President Trump because of his own you know major statements about Iran? Do they do they have no choice but to act in the public arena right now this way? Uh, I think that it, it's probably all of the above. So number one, uh, you know, Iran uh, uses boisterous language, and but they haven't matched it with deeds when it comes to us. Because whenever we stand up to them, like we did when we fired at the little boat harassing our, our destroyers, they ran away. And I, I often said to the administration, they won't do anything if we show strength. That what they do is exploit weakness. And it, it, it disadvantages our allies, but it certainly puts us in, in, a, in a weakened position vis-a-vis Iran. And they have created the facts on the ground, Nahum. They, they have built the, the, the Shiite crescent. Every day they're moving more Shiites into Syria, the connection between from... Iran to Iraq to Syria to Lebanon. Well, they're doing it, and they are establishing themselves with Hezbollah's growth in the um, uh, the power that the, that Hezbollah's had and uh, in Syria and the uh, more and more sophisticated weapons uh, that we know that the, that they have. So, uh, and, and and by the way, the Syrians also getting away with much. We saw just reports in in, in during this week, and although ISIS. Uh, recaptured a uh, captured a Turkish town in northern Syria in the Albaza near Aleppo. Uh, they also, um, after four days, took three uh, Syrian army bases. While the Syrian army has moved closer to the border of Israel, replacing some of the rebel groups and fighting the rebel groups. But unfortunately, they're all fighting each other more than they're fighting uh, the Syrian army, the rival Sunni uh, groups. Um, uh, are, are often caught up fighting each other rather than uh, focusing, and, and uh, there's still 
according to UN this week, 700,000 people in Syria under siege, and the um, expansion of those of the number of executions and the the reports that are coming out, they get almost no attention, which is uh, also quite remarkable. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at the Nachum Siegel Network on NachumSiegel.com and of course. On our beloved NSN app, Naomi Nachman follows us after the JMDM 2 Bishvat special at 9 o'clock, 10 a.m. for our Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, including Mark Zomik's Friday Live Lunch, all the way until candlelighting time for the Kedem presentation. Do not deprive yourself of our incredible programming that you could take advantage of all day long. And by the way, a mazel tov to Ike Rosazada and the entire Rosazada and Friedman families on the big bar mitzvah. This coming Shabbos, Malcolm Holmline is with us from Israel. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations on a Friday morning uh, weekly update. So when ISIS, who you just brought up in terms of the activity um, near Aleppo, when ISIS takes responsibility for the rockets fired uh, over a lot this week, which had to be intercepted by Iron Dome, by the way, um, that means they're controlling what? They're controlling a part of Egypt? They're controlling the Sinai or part of it? Where, where are they that, they that those rockets are coming from that direction? Right. So this is uh, not the ISIS in, in Syria that I was talking about. This is right. called ISIS, uh, IS in, or Islamic State in Egypt. It used to be called Islamic State in Sinai, but a few weeks ago, uh, in reflection of their broader aspiration, to, which is to undermine the regime and not just to get the foothold and uh, use... Sinai as a base of uh, terrorism uh, against Israel, against Egypt, against others, and with the aid and, and abetment of Hamas often, and that they not only take their wounded there, but they build weapons to get weapons through Gaza. This is part of the reason why Egypt is so angry. There is an attempt at reconciliation uh, by Egypt and Hamas, but like oh, it is not going to uh, uh, go very far. Uh, we, in fact, found this, the, the Israelis found this week um, a massive uh, network of how money was being transferred for terrorism by Hamas from Gaza into Israel, into the West Bank, with <clears throat> prepaid um, credit cards, uh, debit cards, and, uh, and using them to pay off not only the, the terrorists who engage in activities, but to buy stuff. Uh, and so ISIS in in uh, in side Sinai. Uh, launched these four rockets. Three were taken down by Iron Dome. One was not because it was uh, by computer. They could determine that it would land in open area. Uh, there was also there was also some mortar fire and, and rocket launched from uh, by the Hamas from the Gaza into Israel. We don't know which group yet, <clears throat> but it was responded to very quickly. It was I think only one or two that hit. And uh, Israel is not going to tolerate any of these violations, and certainly not coming from the Sinai. Israel is working with Egypt. There is a cooperative uh, effort, but ISIS is certainly determined to bring down the government of Egypt and Jordan, and, uh, and of course the main target will always be Israel. Yeah, as we know. By the way, uh, with, with all the rumors flying, is, is David Friedman expected to remain ambassador, the new ambassador to uh, Israel for the United States? Well, he hasn't even come up for a hearing yet, so we right. have to, he'll give him a chance and have a chance to express his views. And um, I think it's likely, I don't see any reason, um, 
that, the, that you know, people have been critical, but others, uh, members of the cabinet were very controversial so far, haven't gotten through, um, so we can anticipate it. One, one of the things, by the way, on ISIS is that we're learning more and more how they indoctrinate, how they recruit, how they teach people to use uh, um, the precursors for chemicals, for explosives, and the, you know, we found out that this in regard to the United States in the attack in Columbus or it's upstate New York and the suburbs of Washington, the Garland Center, Texas uh, Community Center. These are, are remote, they call them remote guided plots right. uh, in Europe, Asia, U.S., elsewhere, where they're being guided even without direct contact. And these are cyber planners that ISIS has, so it's a very sophisticated uh, operation. It's also harder to to counter I mean, when they is, engage this, in this. This is the guided plot versus the lone wolf theory, right, basically? It's exactly right. So the lone wolf theory should not be... But, but one second, but one second. So many times. But it, oh, okay, so it's a certain number, a certain percentage, right? In other words... In other words, you would still believe that there are a certain number of lone wolf cases when it comes to these attacks in the United States and other areas. Right, just, but, but, just, but very few that haven't had some contact, some inspiration, some direction. I think it's very few. Interesting. Um, it's, a, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's one of the things that the authorities, as you know, and the media, really tries to downplay. They they prefer they prefer the lone wolf theory for whatever reason. Absolutely right, and absolutely right. And sometimes governments do because then you know it's easier to explain. It does. It says why they didn't go after go to the source of where it's coming from. Right. You know, it's an avoidance uh, tactic. Uh, one of the things that came out this week, something we did discuss weeks ago, and I have for years talked about the role of Iran and Hezbollah in South America. Right. Well, all of a sudden there have been really serious articles appearing. Uh, in part about the vice president of Venezuela, who himself prepared maybe 170 passports, fake passports for people of, uh, of Middle East origin, uh, including Hezbollah, and but but many more. And they talk about how Hezbollah used to, for decades, rely on local Lebanese expatriate communities for their presence in Latin America, and they bought you know influence amongst local officials, elites, and they built alliances with organized crime. And today, uh, it, it has established a sophisticated global financial network because of it. And now you have a vice president of, of Venezuela who is completely in their pocket, according to all the reports and assessments, and that they, they uh, a former legal advisor, you know, a, um, uh, turned on uh, from the Venezuelan embassy in Iraq, went public and talked about the scheme to sell Venezuelan, Venezuelan passports and visas for thousands of dollars out of the embassy. And unfortunately, they get into the United States. It is a miracle that the free world is still standing, I'll tell you. Unbelievable. No, the free world can be strong, but you've got to be determined, and that's why the messages are so important, that Iran begins to respond to, to what uh, President Trump, and but it'll be more important, the actions. But our allies also, and I have been you know, in the region, traveling in the region, and we will, during this trip, we will be going to Morocco, we'll be in Egypt, we'll be in Cyprus, uh, and of course, based in Israel. Uh, and and there are great opportunities now, really great opportunities to do things, to to change the balance of power. But well, well, one second Russia is playing well, a very constructive we, we, role. You got 
We know that negative forces as well. We know Israel needs cooperation, as you just said, of key allies. This there was a meeting this week between Prime Minister Netanyahu and Theresa May, the Prime Minister of of England. I mean, did, w- w- what was her attitude when it came to Iran and uh, Israel's uh, position in the Middle East? Well, first of all, I think she she agrees with uh, the, uh, with Israel and with the U.S. on on most issues. Obviously, that she's been critical on the settlement issue. Uh, the British Parliament has been even more, and you have uh, Corbyn and others who uh, even flirt with anti-Semitism in their comments. Uh, but I think she's been on, on Iran. She's been generally supportive. I think uh, Germany was. It appears to be a little less so, or or, or less so. But if there's American leadership. In, in, in a comprehensive approach and a program that reinstitutes, for instance, the banking regulations, we're not going to destroy JCPOA now. We're not going to, you know, just try to tear it up and say we're going to move ahead. We have to, which is why I said you do things smart, which right. is to take some of the measures they already did with additional sanctions, and they matter. Iran's economy is very vulnerable. The truth is Israel's economy is as strong as I just saw the statistic that they made $800 million this year from natural gas sales. Well, I met with the uh, energy minister, Yuval Steinitz, and others. The, the plans for the pipeline to Turkey, the pipeline to Italy, Greece, and, and Cyprus, uh, the goal is that they will supply 10% of Europe's energy needs. So Israel, uh, relatively speaking, is uh, is in a better position, and they, they, they invest more in research and development per capita than any country on earth. All right, a couple of things. Will the prime minister, I don't know if this is his issue, you may say to me, of course it's his issue, is he going to bring up financial aid from the United States to the PA and demand that uh, it be reduced or stopped um, until they decide to you know, negotiate in good faith? Of course it's his issue. No, I, think, <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> no, I think one of the things that he will talk about is cutting the funds that go for incitement and the money that is going to pay the terrorists, the $300-plus million, $350 million allocated in the budget specifically to pay terrorist families and, and some of the money coming from Hamas also. So until you stop that, you, you keep incentivizing people yeah, right. to engage in the murder yeah. of Jews. So I think those issues are certainly going to be important on the agenda. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw the FBI report that Jews are the subject of more hate crimes in the United States than any other group? It has always been true. Uh, it's true not just in the United States. In France, where they are, I don't know, 1% of the population, 51% of the racist attacks, uh, and if Forty percent of European Jews fear to show publicly they're Jewish. Sixty percent of Swedish Jews, uh, and increasingly many American Jews. And the fact that you know Islamophobia gets a lot of attention, but most of the attacks, or many more attacks, I should say, are are, are targeting Jewish sites and Jewish individuals. And, uh, and a particular concern to me is the rise in, in attacks that that uh, happen on campuses and. Um, on and off campus, but the, those populations. By the way, the next generation. Who... Oh, that's for sure. By the way, speaking of uh, of France, Marie Le Pen has said if she wins April's election, uh, French Jews will have to renounce their Israeli citizenship. And as we know from history, these are the uh, types of things that either get proposed or implemented, you know, at the beginning, and then God knows what happens down the road. She also said that they should give up their yarmulkes and, uh, you know, wearing yarmulkes in public is part of the price for, you know, the war against. Uh, 
Islam terrorism. Obviously, the rise of these groups throughout Europe is of great concern, and and elements in the United States on the extreme left, extreme right, that that are more and more manifest, uh, should be of concern, and and we have to work together, and that means all of the Jewish community, um, instead of just focusing on now these differences and um, on different policy issues, we've got to look at some of these things that affect all of us and really require a unified response. Well, now that uh, the most recent election in our country has put all us uh, all of us out of the prediction business, can I ask you if you think she'll win, or there's no way to, or there's no way to tell at this point? Well, you know that there have been some really uh, significant shifts in the election because uh, Fionn, who many people thought was going to waltz in, has been found with all sorts of scandals, and and now is is being urged to drop out. And the, uh, I think that overall, the, it's, it's very unpredictable. Uh, most people tell me that she won't end up winning, but she will be a formidable force. There are others who have said to me that, they, that this year everything is unpredictable, yeah. and, and she could. Do people, I'm so curious about this, do people ask you about what the Jewish attitude should be toward the travel ban? Uh, of course. What I mean is there even there's no simple way to answer that I would guess right? No, look, we all acknowledge that there's a legitimate security concern. Jews have always been sensitive on the issue of immigration and to the plight of those who are truly refugees and true uh, victims of, uh, of oppression to be able to come to, to the United States. I, I never realized the numbers when I heard somebody speaking opposed to it. Uh, who said that 300, uh, somebody from the government said that 360,000 people that day had been admitted to the United States and that the ban only affected a small number. But again, here, it's not only what you do, it's how you do it, that there should be a process of consultation, there'd be a process, everybody wants to see proper, uh, immigration laws, and there should be, and there should be a tough stand on it, uh, to protect the, the country. But it also has to make sense to people, and, and having the divisions that have arisen out of this and the fact that you're right, the election is over, but the aftermath wouldn't indicate that, that uh, we, we need the people to come together and uh, Congress and others should be brought into the process so that we come up with a, a comprehensive approach that addresses the security needs and at the same time uh, sticks to, to the principles. Um, finally, uh, this week... The Chok Ahazdara was passed in the Knesset. Prime Minister Netanyahu's office, this according to Ynet, issued a statement responding to global objection to the Knesset vote to approve the regulation bill, which will legalize illegally built outposts in the West Bank. The aim of this law is to minimize the need to destroy houses built many years ago, says the Prime Minister's office, stressing that it will not be used to expropriate land. Well, I guess the... I guess there are people who uh, wish this law would have passed a long time ago. And some who would have hoped it would not have been taken up until after the visit with the president and the prime minister would have had a chance to explain it and to, you know, talk about what, what the intent is. Uh, I don't think that they did a good job in, in preparing the groundwork for people to understand what this, this law is really about. And I'm not sure we know all of the implications. Obviously, this is a very sensitive issue, uh, and the Prime Minister, I don't even think, made it, he didn't make it back in time. He was still in England at the time of the, or on his way back from England uh, at the time of the vote, and it was 60 to 52. So there were eight others who didn't make it back. The, um, But you're right, this is, uh, 
you know, it's a very sensitive issue, and, and the question is, what does it really mean? And is this the thing over which you want to have the, draw the line and, and how you do it? You know, the, the Salmas have been so demonized and so, uh, you know, put into harsh light that no matter what happens there, it could be, you know, the most, whether they use terminology and, and the, the PA is now threatening to go to the International Criminal Court against it and the, or the World Court against it. And many people say they don't have standing to do it, whatever. But this is not this issue is going to be now um, a front front page for a while. You saw in Europe, the you know, they call it land grab. They have all sorts of terms have been and, – and many of the opposition are using those terms about the deal. So, again, it's not only what you do, it's how you do it. I, I, I'm asking this out of total ignorance. The, the Supreme Court in Israel can move in on an issue like this? They could react to a Absolutely. bill? Absolutely. No, they, they will. They will. <laughs> you can be sure that a lot of NGOs have gone to them. It will be taken up. And uh, there are those who, in the Knesset who told me they thought the Supreme Court will, will block it, will never let it be implemented. So you've paid the price, but you, you got nothing for it. And on the other hand, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, opposition to the role of the Supreme Court as, ex- as extending beyond its mandate that they're making laws, not just reviewing laws. So these are all um, matters that here are very sensitive, very sensitive, very complicated. Uh, and I'm not sure most people really understand that they get caught in slogans. Well, you know. What as in the United States. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, perception is... Uh, is usually it, it, perception often seems. I don't want to say it's reality, but often seems like it's reality. So no, it supersedes reality, right. and especially in the Middle East. Super, and I don't mean in Israel so much as in the region. It's what people think. You mean it's what they think the United States will do if they perceive the United States as being weak. They will act on that basis, regardless of what the United States actually is doing or policy. It's right. the president of the United States government can have any intent it wants. Government of Israel. But it's the question of how does the other side perceive it? How do they interpret it? Because they'll act based on that, not based on what you mean, but what on they on what they think you mean. Right. Understood. All right. Um, we'll we'll let everybody know in terms of the schedule. We know you're traveling over the next couple of weeks, so we'll continue to inform right. our listeners about the weekly update, etc. Enjoy. We'll try. Hey, I know you're going to try. We'll you always try. you always try and, hard, and I hope and it works. Uh, and it's always exciting, by the way, when you're you know in a, in a unique place uh, to this audience. Um, uh, enjoy Shabbat in Yerushalayim, and enjoy Tu Bishvat in Yerushalayim. Absolutely, and a good Shabbos to everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Malcolm Holine is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joining us from Jerusalem today here at JM in the AM. Mazal Tov going out to Ike Rosazada. And to Lori and Dr. Joe Rosazada, and to the extended uh, Friedman and Rosazada families, and of course to Zadie and Mama and everybody who's part of the, and Simon and Barry and everybody who's part of the big Simcha. We say Mazal Tov from all of and Rabin and Sima, everybody. Hey, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. We look forward to celebrating this Shabbat. Candle lighting at 5.05 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.05, Erev Tubishvat, Erev Shabbashira. Mayor Weingarten has stuck it out with us, and he'll be rejoining us after Rabbi Yudin for more, more words, our final thoughts about Tu Bishvat 5777. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bishalach. 
Parshas B'Shalach, according to the Chinuch, contains one mitzvah, and that is a restriction of Tchumin, that a Jew is not to go outside his camp on Shabbat, outside his habitation. Now, Parshas B'Shalach is that exciting Parsha, whereby the actual Kriyas Yamsov, the great miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea, occurs in this Parsha. And just be aware that this miracle is really a miracle within a miracle. The rabbis tell us that simultaneously, at the same time that the Jews were in dry land, in the midst of the sea, the sea drowned the Egyptians in that same environment. It was constantly in that flux between dry land and the water for dry land for the Jews and water for the Egyptians. Literally a miracle within a miracle. The conclusion of the parsha deals with the man, the special food that God rained down from the heavens, six days of the week, not on Shabbos, and the very conclusion of the parsha is the attack, unprovoked attack of Amalek against the Jewish people. I'd like to focus on a very interesting verse at the beginning of the parsha. In chapter 14, verse 10, the Torah tells us, Ufaro hikriv, and Pharaoh came close, and Vayisu b'nei Yisrael esenehem. The Jewish people raised their eyes. V'hinei and behold, Mitzrayim nosei acharehem. Mitzrayim was in hot pursuit after them. Vayiru maod. The people were very frightened. Vayitzaku b'nei Yisrael el Hashem. The children of Israel cried out to Hashem. Now, I'm going to ask you, what is it about that last phrase in the verse that you didn't understand? The Jewish people are terrified. They cry out to God. But listen to what Rashi says. Rashi says on this verse, and I read it, Vayitzaku, and they cried out, Tafsu umnus avosam. They grabbed onto the craft of their forefathers. And Rashi goes on to say that as the Jewish people were praying now, where did they get this from? They got it from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And lest you might ask, how do we know that the Avos prayed? Rashi gives you a source of a verse in the first book of the Torah to substantiate that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov prayed. Be Avraham who Omer, what does it say by Avraham? In chapter 19, Elamakom Asher Omad Sham, that after the destruction of Sidon, Avraham returns to the place where he had prayed and he prays. But Yitzchak, the Torah says at the end of Parshas, Yitzchak went out to literally what? take a walk in the field and the Talmud tells us in the fourth chapter of Brachos that Lasuach actually means to pray, to speak. He went out to pray. 
the prayer of Mincha. And by Yaakov, it says, by in the beginning of Parshas Vayetze, when he has his incredible dream of the latter, and the Talmud goes on to explain how Vayivka is an expression of prayer. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, asks a very interesting question. If Rashi wants to show that the Avros, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov prayed, why does he go to chapter 19 in Bereshis on the day after God had destroyed Sodom? Why not go to an earlier verse, to the verse in chapter 18 in Bereshis, where Avram cries out to God, Hashofet kol haaretz, lo yasem mishpat, literally, the judge of the world, will you not do justice? Amazing. In other words, why skip over the first verse where Avram prays and go to the second one? And the Rebbe gives a brilliant answer. The Rebbe says that had Rashi chosen the verse before God destroyed Sodom, we might very well have understood. Do you know why Avram prayed? Avram prayed because it was an ace sorrow. Avram prayed because it was a crisis. And when a person is in crisis, they pray. To quote that famous expression, there is no atheist in the foxhole. However, on the day after, when God already said no to Avram, when God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Amorah, now he prays? What's he praying for? There is no crisis. So the Rebbe says, note the Lashon of Rashi. Rashi says, they took umnus. Umnus is a craft. A craft is something that a person does on a regular basis. The idea being that this verse is to teach us not simply that the Jewish people cried out now in the time of crisis, but rather A Jew is to pray at all times. And therefore, they took the craft of their patriarchs because the patriarchs prayed literally, quote, all the time. This concept is an exceedingly important one. We find that, number one, a delicious translation of the Targum Yonasan Ben Uziel on Megillas Esther on the verse Ish Yehudi speaking about Mordechai HaYehudi Ish Yehudi so what does it mean a Jewish man comes along the Targum and says that he is a Hasidah he is a pious person and he is Modeh Umatsli. Mode Umatsli means he gives thanksgiving to God for what he has received and he's ever praying, Umatsli, and he continues to pray that even though I have it now doesn't mean I deserve it tomorrow. So the Jew is an ongoing prayer machine. He has to pray all the time. He dare not pray like a machine. He has to pray with concentration. But the idea of consistency that he prays all the time this is what our tradition is teaching us and interestingly the Torah tells us that when Leah had her fourth child she calls him 
Yehuda, which comes from Hapam Oder. At this time, I will give thanks to God. Yaakov had four wives. They knew he was to have twelve sons. She already had four, which was more than, if you do the math, each one should have had three. When she had a fourth, she said, Wow, Hapam Odes Hashem. Now I'm really giving thanks to God because I got more. And the Pasuk ends, Vata'amod Mi Ledes. This is the very last verse of chapter 29 in Beratius. And our rabbis tell us, what does it mean by Tamod Miledes? She stopped giving birth. Why? Because she didn't pray for more. A Jew always has to pray for more. This Shabbos is to Bishvat. The 15th day of the month of Shvat, which the, Rosh, the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah teaches us, is the Rosh Hashanah for the New Year of the trees. Now what does that mean? We don't wish Happy New Year to the trees, we don't send the trees cards. So what does it mean? So it happens to be a very technical date. What does that mean? In the land of Israel and only in the land of Israel, produce that the Jewish farmer had in the land of Israel was called tevel. A Jewish farmer was not permitted to eat his own produce until he tithed. He had to give 2% to the Kohen, Truma, to Mr. Cohen. He had to give 10% next to the Levi, Ma'aser, to Mr. Levi. So now he has approximately 90. Those who are the accountants will tell me 89 point something. Then he gives in each and every year a second 10%. In years 1 and 2, 4 and 5, he gives Ma'aser Shani, which is that second 10% given to Yerushalayim, where he's to take the money or take the food and what? And eat it on food so he should be able to bask in the environment of Yerushalayim and listen carefully in the third and sixth year he gives that second 10% to the poor Tu Bishvat is the cutoff day you have to give 10% of your produce from year to year when does the year begin? those fruits which budded before Tu Bishvat are last year's those fruit that bud after are next year so it's a technical day but the Jews throughout the millennium seized the day. He was outside of Israel. He realized and he appreciated what he was missing. He unfortunately was not in his land. He couldn't give Trumos and Maestros. So he ate of the fruits of the land of Israel, a form of pining, a form of desiring, a form of connecting with and actually davening. And interestingly, the B'nai Yisashcha and others point out the language in the Mishnah is that it's Rosh Hashanah Lo'ilan. It doesn't say Lo'ilanos, for the tree. And so the Minog is to pray on Tu Bishvat for a beautiful Esrog for the forthcoming year. On Shabbos we don't offer that prayer, interestingly, so those who try to follow that, please God, today, if you didn't do it yet in Shachris, after Shacharis, do it today at Mincha time. In your Shemona Esrei, or right before Mincha, or right after before Shabbos, you should pray and say Hashem in the merit of the fact that we gave Trumos and Maizros in the past. Please, let me be privileged to have the uh, beautiful Esrog for this forthcoming year. The idea behind Tu Bishvat is that 
Unfortunately, we appreciate what we don't have. There's a delicious, well, not really delicious, Tosvos in, you be the judge, in Tanis 9a, Aser to Aser, a father says to his son, Sonny boy, I've been successful all the years, I've had a thousand bushels, and I've given clearly, strictly, a hundred every year for Ma'aser. Be careful. Do the same. The first year the son did and he was successful. And you know the rest of the story. Afterwards, come on, give so much. And he gave less for Ma'aser and the field produced much less. The land of Israel is very special. And we remember our special relationship with Hashem, with the land, and wherefore the custom is to eat fruits of Eretz Yisrael on this Shabbos. It's not too late. If you haven't done it yet, go out and buy figs and dates and raisins and grapes and nuts, but just to have fruits of Eretz Yisrael and make these brachos on Shabbos. You don't have to make special brachos except you're having it for dessert, or during the day have it, have fruits around, remind us, and please God, we should be Zolcha, that next year we should be in our home, and Halavai, the mitzvos of Trumos and Masa, should once again be on a biblical level, due to our prayers, because we learn from Mordechai, and we learn from um, Bnei Yisrael and the Ovos, the Jew is constantly praying. Shabbat Shalom and a happy Tu Bishvat to all.
for those of us who are tuned in in the 7 o'clock hour early on of the Tubishvat special today, those words, Reshit Tzmichat Gulatenu, mm. have even more meaning now yes. after what you presented this morning. And notice the word is Tzmichat. Right. Tzomeach. Tzomeach, uh, growth, growth from the ground, yeah. Wow. I'm sure that was done on purpose when it's feel I was written. Well, there's a concept, Reshit Tzmichat Gulatenu. Uh. I believe that um, my, my mother's... Grandfather, Rabbi Ziel, first chief rabbi of Israel, first Sephardic chief rabbi of the state of Israel, the Rishon Lezion. Right. He's. I think he's the one. Well, it, it, it's a big machlok at who wrote it, but it, we believe that he wrote the Tefillah Lishlam Dina. Can you imagine your great great grandfather wrote yes. the Tefillah Lishlam Dina? I, mean, I, I can't imagine a lot, but yeah. And um, he took that phrase, which is a phrase that appears in you know in Jewish sources. Right. And and applied it now to Eshitz Michal Gulatenu, but when it was originally coined, I don't know if they did it on purpose. Right. You know, we talk about Smichat Gula. You know, Etzemach David Avdecham. Mayor Weingarten's here. It's a Tubishvat special on an Erev Tubishvat at JM in the AM. We'll go to nine o'clock. Then Naomi Nachman has table for two. I'll give you the lineup in a minute. Uh, all day long, Kedem presentation of our Erev Shabbos music mix. I had a moment. I'm mentioning this just because when you're in a certain environment for a long time, it really pays off. Thank God I am in a synagogue on a regular basis that says, that says the Tfilah for Chayalim, for Chayalim, that says the Tfilah for Nedaret Zvagan Al Yisrael, which are the missing in action, I would say. Prisoners of War, Prisoners missing of war in action. Um. I am, I, am, I don't even know if you know this, because I don't remember. <laughs> we're usually in touch all the time. I just don't remember if we were in touch that weekend. Uh, I went a few Shabbatot ago with two of my kids to Charlotte, North Carolina no, for a Shabbat. I did not. It was an exhilarating Shabbat. It was really something. Anyway, um, one of the children of the rabbi and rebbitzin of the Charlotte Torah Center is a member of the IDF. Wow. Yeah. Lone soldier. Correct. Right. His parents are here. And and for whatever reason, just the you know, whatever reason got misplaced, whatever, they they did not have the text in front of them for the tfilah for Chayalim, for Chayalitzal. Right. For whatever reason, you know, no Okay, right. So the rabbi comes over to me and says, Is it possible? That, and imagine he has a son in the army, you know. Right. Is it possible that you know the tfilah by heart? <laughs> So I go into my Mizrahi mode, right? I, right. I go, and because I've said it there in the Mizrahi many times, and I, I spent, you know, I think Gavri thought I was nuts because I was like closing my eyes during lading and trying to, <laughs> trying to see if I could get the we whole created thing. created in your head. And I said to myself, you know, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And sure enough, thank God, I, I, I said to him, you know, I think I could do it. And I did it. And wow. I was so happy. That's great. It is such an unbelievable, exhilarating feeling to know that's Fila by heart. Right. To, that it's so internalized. I wish every Jewish person, like we've sp- spoken about in America, every child should know the Pledge of Allegiance by heart. Mm-hmm. Certainly the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. I believe Jewish children should all know the Hatikva by heart. Right. Should all know Tzvilah Lishlam right. Dina by heart. Right. Should all know the Tzvilah for Chayalim by heart. It's right. that, you know, and other and, things. And, and the words are much easier than the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a, you know, you don't have You're to struggle. You're such a practical man. Yeah, You're you don't have to struggle. <laughs> 100%. So, you know, I remember... And this is a suggestion for schools. You may want to do it. I don't know. 
I remember when I was a kid in elementary school, they had a a, a flyer um, with a tree, ironically enough, today's Tu B'Shvat, and different branches, and each branch was a different bracha. You know, Asher Yatsar, and you know, different bracha, Birkat Nehenin, you know, things. And every time you learned one by heart, you you know you, you fulfilled that branch of the tree. How amazing would it be if some of those branches would be Tfilah L'Shalom Dina mm-hmm. and the words Tahat Tikva, right. etc., etc. Sadly, it's become what, what is the biggest miracle of of modern Jewish history: right. the return of the Jewish people to the state of to the land of Israel right. to start and regaining sovereignty over it. Something that our you know great grandparents and on have dreamt about and, and would, be, would give everything in the world to be able to see and prayed for, it's become a political thing. Yep. And that's so sad because instead of enjoying and recognizing and thanking God for everything he's done for us, yep. we're, we're, we're entangled, unfortunately, in the politics of it. And, oh, this shul does that and that shul does that. And, and it's just like there are soldiers on the line that are that are ready to die. Right. Tell me the argument you. against saying that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Why, why? You know. Why should it be such a difficult thing to say? Anyway. So thank you for indulging me on that little story. Um, J.M. and the M on this Erev Tu B'Shvat. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Naomi Nachman, Table for Two. She is the author of the brand new book, Perfect for Pesach, which is coming out yeah, soon. Yeah, I saw an announcement about yeah. that. It's so awesome. Are you planning on doing some cooking for Pesach? Because that's no, a great book for you. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not planning to do what? But for people who are <laughs> planning to do, that is just... Mayor, it's perfect for Pesach. Yeah, I'm just very proud that Naomi Nachman... Oh, she's amazing. I mean, everything she does, and now she's putting out a book. It's so amazing. Correct. We are we are very proud of her. Uh, the pre-order is going to be sometime next week. Today, she'll be speaking on her program with Ami Luria from the Shiloh Winery, perfect for a two-bishvat show, mm-hmm. Scott Feltman of the One Israel Fund, Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, and Alicia Arye from a chocolate company, Fruit on Chocolate. It's happening between 9 and 10 before the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix. And of you know course, what? I'm sorry. And, of course, uh, Mark Zomik's Friday Live Lunch. Give me one second. I just want to mention, yeah. because we talked about wine, and we know how amazing uh, Jay Booksbaum is. Jay is hosting an event this Sunday, uh, the 20th Anniversary Breakfast Buffet for Mask, for Mothers and Fathers Aligned Saving Kids. And uh, Charlene McCrae, the First Lady of New York, Assemblyman Dove Hyken is being recognized with an award. Right, ben Sion Twersky and Bossy Rosenblatt are being recognized. And Jay is hosting it at Bison and Bourbon on 7th Street in Brooklyn this coming Sunday morning. Go to maskparents.org. Maskparents.org or dial 718-758-0400. Also, the Prime Minister's Part 2 is being shown in Congregation Talmud Torah Flatbush tomorrow night. Really? Keep that in mind, oh, Part good 2. good to know. What time? 8. I'm not available. And, um, and the um, Shoot for Shalom basketball tournament for Shalom Torah Centers is, is this coming Sunday. If you haven't yet supported a team or a player, go to shootforshalom.com. Again, that's shootforshalom.com. And I mentioned to you off the air that the Tuvia Tenenbaum is going to be in Teaneck Sunday night. Yeah. And you're a big fan of his. Um, unbelievable. You have to, if you're in that neighborhood, you, Eight have, o'clock. you have to go to hear him. Tuvia he Tenenbaum. is a fascinating man who has written now three books, all, all of whom, all of which are... The titles are right there on the bottom. Okay. Um, the images on your left side. Oh, I see. Okay. So one is called I Slept in Hitler's Room. Right. The other is called Catch the Jew. Right. And the third is called The Lies They Tell. Newest one. Each one of them is him going around in a certain area, not, and it's not, he doesn't look Jewish, 
and he speaks German like a native German, and, and him going around, whether it's in, in Germany or in, or in Israel or in the United States, and speaking to people in an open way, because for the first time they're speaking to a, a, they're, they're speaking German journalists. Right, they don't have to worry that they're speaking to a Jew, and right. so they open up and tell the truth about what they really feel about the Jewish people or the state of Israel and so forth. And he discovers what's really going on in that amount of hate that's, that's out there. So it's, it's so worth it. It's in Renat. It is uh, uh, Sunday night, 8 o'clock. In Teaneck. In Teaneck. Uh, and he joined us uh, on Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday on JM in the AM. If you missed the interview, check it out. And uh, it was really a fascinating, he is a fascinating person. He's a person. fascinating person. Hope to have him on again. One of our commenters adds the words Matzmiach Yeshua. Right? We uh, say Matzmiach. Yes, I'm mean, the same thing. Just yes. wanted to. Excellent. We yes. appreciate when our, when our listeners join in, especially on our special programming uh, like today on Erev to Bishvah. By the way, I just, you were mentioning royal wines and so forth. Sure. They are responsible. I've heard this now from people from, from, um, owners of vineyards and um, wine companies in Israel, they are almost single-handedly responsible for the huge success of Israeli wines in the United States. And that, too, is a Tu Bishvat thought. Right. Wine, right? That's one of the Shivat Aminim, is, is grapes. Wine from Israel it is, is now considered very, very high, great, high-level Wine and, and being enjoyed around the world. Yes, and it's it's a huge industry, and it's coming from all over. And we know Yehuda in, in the Gush Etzion area, and that's the area of Shevet Yehuda. And Yehuda yeah. is blessed by by Yaakov in, at the end of Breshit that he will have so much wine that he'll wash his clothing in wine. Right, right. It's unbelievable. Right. Think about it as you open your bottles of Israeli wine this Shabbat, everybody, around the world. It's, ama- it's an amazing thing. Perfect way, by the way, to toast Tu B'Shvat. That's right. And you've explained to us in the past, and we've experienced it together, the Tu B'Shvat Seder, and there really is one, right. is based on wine. Right? Yes. Isn't that yes. one of the main yes. components? Yes, different uh, colors. Right. And so forth. All right. You drift, I forget what it is, drift from white to red or drift from red to white? I, I don't remember. I also forget, but I'm sure a lot of people will be doing yeah. it tonight. So. For sure. Enjoy. The Avnaminian is doing one tomorrow. Oh. The Avnaminian and Flop. There you go. Right after Minfa. I don't, I'm not on their email list. I don't know. Let's take care of that immediately. Please. Okay. <laughs> to Bishvat morning is tomorrow, but Erev To Bishvat is now at JM in the AM. <laughs> I don't want the Tubishvat Erev Tubishvat special to end without at least a piece of this beautiful little tree from A.B. Rottenberg and Journeys here at JM in the AM. To spread my seeds upon the earth and firm my roots within the soil of the land my father gave to me.
and his father gave to him. Made by the father of us all. With an axe poised in his hand Said it's my sacred duty To clear away this land And on this place that I call home I will plant a field of stone I am but a little tree That only seeks to live in peace Spread my seeds upon the earth And firm my roots within the soil Of the land my father gave to me J.M. and the A.M. On this Erev Sabashira, Erev Tubishvat, Mayor Weingarten, I cannot thank you enough. Oh, my pleasure. We I mean, have an, it was like nothing. It was a beautiful day and just... Oh, the, uh, the conditions outside didn't bother you at all? No, come on. I've been snowbounded here since the storm started yesterday. <laughs> that was a running joke it's, yesterday. It's, uh, it was a great pleasure, as always, to come. I wouldn't miss it. I mean, except for crazy situations like snowstorms, but I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Chag uh, Tubishvat Thank you very much. And we should too. continue to have the schut, the amazing privilege, to remind the entire world just how beloved our land and state of Israel Amen. is. And what kind of miracle it is. In our modern Jewish history. Amen. Thank you very much for, for carrying that message out. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the M. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Say good job Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day Together with The Holy One Say a special blessing On a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign
Mechem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, at the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. Coming up next, it's Naomi Nachman, the author of the perfect, excuse me, the author of Perfect for Pesach. Uh, she is next with the table for two with some incredible guests. She has uh, Amichai Luria from Shiloh Winery, Scott Feltman from One Israel Fund, Adam Neustadter from Royal Wines, Alicia Arieh from the Chocolate Company, Fruit on Chocolate, all coming up between 9 and 10. 10 o'clock for the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix, including Mark Zomik's live lunch at 12 noon. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami, uh, featuring Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Um, on a Sunday morning, it's a JM Sunday with Matis, another great live edition starting at 7 a.m. So much happening, so much going on. Take advantage of all of our incredible programming. Have a fabulous Shabbos, a wonderful Tu Bishvat, and my special thanks to Mayor Weingarten for making today so extra special for everybody in our JM and the AM Nachum Siegel Network audience. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.